Are we ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Hey, I'm Ellie. And I'm Heidi. And we are the Moms Moms in in the the middle. Middle. Two Midwest moms talking about the nuances of pregnancy, birth, and parenting in our modern world. There is so much perceived polarization between the different decisions we make in early parenthood. Home birth versus hospital birth formula versus breast milk, and sleep training versus co-sleeping. But most of us find ourselves somewhere in the middle. From choosing the right provider for your birth to picking a preschool for your toddler, we are going to talk about how we weigh different opinions and follow our intuition to make the right choices for us. There's no right way to parent, and every family has different goals, values, and support. Let's meet in the middle and chat about it. Okay, got it. So hello, everybody. Welcome back to Moms in the Middle. Hello. It's um, me and Ellie are here with our friend. Well, our friend, Ellie, Ellie's meeting her for the first time. My friend, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Meg Duke. Hi, Meg. Thanks for joining us. Hi. What a treat it is to be here. Yes. I was on Meg's um, podcast not too long ago. And I think it was before we started a podcast, right, Ellie? Yeah, was it me- was. Two or three weeks before, and I was like, heck, yes. And I'm sad, though, because I didn't get to pitch it on mine for my listeners. Oh. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I wish we'd have known. We would have totally set you all up. We kind of started, like, on a whim, and then we're just like, yeah, we're doing it. We came up with the name, and once you come up with the name Love of it. your podcast, yes. we're like, well, now it has to be a podcast. So Now we have to. to. Have to. Yeah. Necessary. Yeah. We had, like, a working day planned, and we were like, might as well just – Start. while yeah. we're together start a podcast start, start recording I, you know, I love it i think it's really interesting i think podcasts sometimes get like oh you have a podcast and it's like yeah literally anybody can have a podcast literally literally but what's nice about and and what's nice about it is like you are you have something to say and people tune in for that and so i don't know it's a very specific thing moms in the middle and there are moms in the middle who need to hear you so hi here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> and even it's just, it's even just been fun for us to sometimes direct our clients to different things. So we're not like saying yes. the same thing over and over again and just getting sick of ourselves saying it. Yes. I don't know if it's the same for you, but our clients are like, oh, you have a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, some of them already knew and some of them literally have no idea of my social media where, uh, presence at all, which I'm totally okay with. And like, it's I said, the same I don't way. Like to mention it because my, yeah, it's like my podcast is sponsored too. And so I have a really icky feeling of being like, go listen to my show. And while you're there, make sure you buy a mom and a bra. <laughs> yeah. So I always am very careful to be like, skip the commercials, just listen to the content. Like, yes, I yeah, totally get that too. It's funny. I've had so many people ask me like, oh, do you get the majority of your clients from TikTok? I'm like, I get no clients from TikTok because it's like <laughs> as everywhere from all over the world watching my videos yes. on TikTok. I have had many clients who have found me like Google is where I get all my clients. Like people just, you know, my SEO, like people finding me, Google searching me or, or referrals from the yeah. community. But I've had so many people like find me on Google look at my website and then be like, oh, I follow her on TikTok. Like, so they didn't find, like, yes. they didn't even know that I was in Kansas City on TikTok. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's kind of nice sometimes for it to be a little bit separate too. Cause sometimes I'm just like dumping personal things on there that I'm just like, I don't know. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's like this, it's, again, it's very this and that. And like, you want to be very authentic and you want to share meaningful information, but like mm-hmm. we have codes of ethics and certain boundaries that we don't want to overlap or like things that I would say in my social media, 
my clients aren't my therapist. So like, I don't want them to have to come to me and be like, Hey, I saw that your daughter was in the hospital last week. How are you like, that's the conversation for me and my therapist. <laughs> so, yes. It's very yes, that. Exactly. And TikTok, God bless. I have tried, I think thrice now. I've listened to Demi Lovato on Howard Stern. Demi Lovato was like, I have such a love hate relationship. And like Gen Z just really has this natural inclination of like, I'm at the grocery store. This is content. That's content. Here's content. And like, I grew up without any sort of technology. And so it really is. I mean, we had like the flashy green cursor mm -hmm. and then the, um, Oh, the, not the MacBook. iMac came out, the big bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I had a doula recently ask me like how I come up with all my content. And I'm like, well, if you're in this, like you're in the world, you're, pro you're a professional in the world. What are you saying to your clients? Like all the time, what is the advice you're saying to your clients? I just go online and yeah. teach people that. So yeah. I try to like spur content from there helps me be a little bit more like consistent or come up with ideas. But yeah, anyways, we need to get into this episode. And I realized we didn't even tell anybody what you do. So Meg, why don't you give just a little, <laughs> just a little, <laughs> they're all like, who is this person? We don't even know who she is. And she's talking to us. Yeah. So why don't you give us just like a little, you know, your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do in this space? Yeah, I do. So I will obviously do that. I just want to say everyone, the listeners who are like, oh my gosh, we are six minutes in and they are still talking about technology, but I'm a mental health professional. And I know uh, so many of y'all are like, how do I meaningfully engage in, in social media, whether it's professionally, personally, whatever. And this is a big conversation. It really is. So it has to yes. do with why I'm here. It's not why I'm here, but it <laughs> is not fully tangential. So I'm Meg Duke. I'm a licensed clinical, well, let's see, in Kansas, it's a licensed specialist clinical social worker supervisor. And then I'm licensed in um, seven other states. Um, I'm also a licensed chemical dependency counselor. I teach at the University of Kansas. This semester I'm teaching um, clinical practice with women in FIMS, which has been a delight. I was a little nervous going in, such a hot button, dare I say perhaps political um, genre, but it has been, the, the group has been amazing. And I've, I've learned so much alongside them. It's been really great. Um, I do have a podcast. It's the Peridata podcast. Heidi's been on it. I don't remember which episode. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I also have, I'm venturing into the mental wellness coaching because I have a very strong opinion about federal licensure for social work and it's expensive and there's a lot of barrier to entry. So um, venturing into the coaching world so I can have a larger reach. That's a really long answer. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's great. That's and yeah, and so we wanted to have you on today because we wanted to have a conversation about protecting your mental health and all of that, like yes. during the holiday season for parents specifically, how to balance, you know, enjoying the holidays and also being the one who makes all of the joy during the holidays, um, especially a lot of moms. And so I, you know, we just wanted to kind of kind of talk about that. I know you're a mom too. You obviously work with tons of yes. parents. Um, and you know why the holidays can be a moment, the time of most joy can also be a time of difficulty for a lot of families, um, balancing mm -hmm. extended family dynamics, kids, expectations, all those types of things are a lot on parents. So um, yeah. I guess first off, I kind of wanted to ask you, what do you see in practice being the biggest stressor points for families during the holiday season? It's been really fascinating for me in this last week. So again, I, I don't know. I'm going to, I apologize if anybody is triggered by the word Thanksgiving. Um, I 
would love to be educated if somebody can shoot me a message (laughs) and tell me what we're calling it now because I'm fully for that. But a lot of people participated in some sort of, I have Thursday off, so I got to the family tradition celebration. And every single one of my clients came back and was like, let me tell you about what I learned about myself having just recently started therapy and now being with my family again for the first time. I saw saw a hilarious TikTok where it was like somebody signing on to Zoom and it was like signing on for my yearly gossip session with my therapist after Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah, that very, very that. And and I will say going back to the thing earlier, what we're talking about is that that's a frustration piece for me is because I have some of these amazing intellectual, emotional, so beneficial conversations with clients, but of course I'm HIPAA bound and happily HIPAA bound. I don't want to share people's dirt. And so, but sometimes I'm like, Oh yeah, man, I wish I could tell that story because people need to hear it. (laughs) But literally that's so funny. That's exactly, that's exactly how it's been. And, and not even so much. I, I, I will roll with the joke of like the gossip session, but after the gossip session, we get so much done because then it's like, okay, how do I unpack this? What am I going to do? What are my boundaries? What are my expectations? Am I willing to host this again next year? Am I willing to host Christmas? Absolutely not. New Year's Eve? Absolutely not. Or whatever else the next holiday is. But I, I think I can refresh in 364 days and do Thanksgiving again um, or however long it is. And so that has been such a really interesting or like I've always put up with that and I just don't have any space to put up with that anymore. And uh, do we cuss here or should I, should I? Oh, yes. Do we have fucks to give or we have no fucks yeah. to give? <laughs> we do. We curse. Uh, was, it literally is. Like, as I am getting older, if I have kids, I have a new partnership, relationship, whatever, the fucks that I have to give are deeply, deeply decreasing for great Uncle Joe's BS of whatever that is. And so I'm just not participating in that more or whatever that looks like. And so it's been really helpful, I think, for a lot of my clients and just friends in general to be intentional about reflecting on where you're spending your time and energy. Just because you've always done it doesn't mean you have to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that exactly. so? Is that then the biggest stressor that you see is just extended family boundaries around that? That's what you're yeah, seeing. Yeah, I most? think, and not even not even necessarily extended, but like the brother and sister who haven't spoken in seven years, but. Mm-hmm are going to come together and like, what does that look like? And feeling confident in yourself to reach out and say like, I can't be here. If this, I can't be around that, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got people who are newly in recovery for um, eating or substance or whatever. And like, they know that there are just going to be cases and cases of beer available. And like, Mm-hmm. it's again, like the fuck politeness piece of it. Like I, again, I apologize to your listeners who are like, Oh my gosh, Meg with the F bombs, but really <laughs> being intentional about that. Like we grew up and I'm, I think I'm older than both of you. I was born in 1985. And so like very much like not necessarily in the kitchen. Cause I also did sports and there was no expectation that I was like the good little helper, but just very like the women cooked while the men watched sports and the, um, smile and nod like we don't want to make people feel uncomfortable so the fawn mm. response right like the flight fight flight freeze and fawn and the fawn response really i think is something that a lot of people um naturally were like the external messages were like don't rock the boat don't yeah. upset oh he said that but he didn't mean it oh he commented on your body but that that's okay you know it's it, and we're really getting to a space now where we're like no longer is anybody entitled to talk about like hey look at your body after you had babies or um, disrespectful comments and certainly political sphere has gone wild, especially mm-hmm. since 2016. Um, 
And so really, again, being intentional of like, where do I feel comfortable? And that doesn't give you permission to go in and punch people in the face, metaphorically or physically. Um, but to say assertively, I'm not doing this anymore. This doesn't serve me. This isn't where my energy needs to be. And what does that, and it's so individual. I don't have a list of like, so do this and don't do that. But think of thinking really intentionally about what that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so I, like, I have thoughts of like, you know, it's not like there's one rule, but where, yes. like, what are you seeing in like that balance between I do care about my family and I do want to keep some sense of familial relationship, even though we have such differing thoughts, but also I need to protect myself. Is that a boundary or a cutoff or like something like that? Because I feel like so many of us deal with that, especially after having our own kids of like yeah. looking back at how we were raised or our spouses were raised or whatever, or like that generation being like, we're not okay with that anymore. But also, yes. like, we don't want to just, like, cut off the relationship. Like, it's still important to right. us. Or we don't want our kids to experience what we experienced growing up. From okay, and very that. That is the one thing that I feel is the kind of the linchpin for people is that they're able to say, oh, you know, I, I got to be polite. I got to be polite. Fun, fun, fun. That's how we've always done it. But then we get to a space. And, and for those who are listening who don't have children, like, this also applies to you in a number of different ways, but I have been able to have these meaningful conversations with clients recently where it's like, if your child, when you envision them getting older and they're around your family, whether they are five and able to understand and have memories, whether they are 15 and experiencing a teenage body, whether they are 38 and have their own children and like, what would you encourage them to say? What would you want for them? Would you want them to stick around and sit through this? Like from your job as the parent, as the five-year-old to protect, to literally put your children in your shoes now. Like it is your job to protect them at five and 15, but like when they're 38, do you want them to sit there and be like, oh, okay, well, that's just how we've always done it. So I guess I just have to sit here. Mm -hmm. Or would you want them to set a boundary? And it's been very helpful for people to kind of conceptualize it in that way. We say a lot of times, like, what would you say to your friend Jill? And of course, people are like, oh, of course I would give Jill a break and tell her she needs to take a break. And da, da, da. But like, that can be meaningful. And sometimes people are kind of like, I'm going to tell my therapist exactly what she wants to hear. It really can be impactful for a person to be like, yeah, I literally would not want my kids to just sit around and put up with that. And so being able to conceptualize it in that way, um, I think is a, is a more tangible way for people to look at it and to give themselves more permission to really think like, what do I actually, how do I want to have this interaction? There's definitely something that shifts becoming a parent that mm -hmm. yeah. one makes us feel like more of a priority Yeah, and two just feels like you, I don't know, have the strength to do it and the That's energy to do it. <laughs> yeah. So for me, so for example, I am just really, really, I am anti-gender rules. I have literally just told you I was teaching a graduate course and working with women and femmes. So I think everyone probably understands how I feel about that. Um, I am, if you're not, if you're listening and not watching, I'm in a very frilly puffed shoulder, purple floral <laughs> dress. I love to dress in an effeminate manner but I don't ascribe that to owning a uterus. I ascribe that to that's just what I like. And I, my, so I got my daughter a Luigi dress and my son was like, well, where's my Mario dress? And I was like, buddy, it's in the mail. And he's worn it to school and he wears it around and I couldn't care less. Like my kids have their nails painted. And those are the kind of things where if somebody were to say to me growing up, like, um, I mean, obviously I think 
tiny humans with penises wearing more effeminate things or things that are picked on more. But like if people were to call me a tomboy and I'd be like, oh, okay, ha ha ha. Yeah, I am a tomboy. I love to play soccer and get muddy. But like I would fawn there. But for me now, I'm like, absolutely not. You're not going to say anything like that to my child. And I'll say it respectfully. It doesn't give me the right to be like, I'm a parent now and I can tell you to piss off, but I will set a boundary assertively. I think that really is the, the thing. You are intentional about what's important to you. My son loved, used to love to get pigtails in his hair. And like, they called it rockstar dinosaur where they did like four down the middle and like all of that. And then somebody at school was like, oh, boys don't wear pigtails. And I obviously wasn't there for that. And I asked my daughter if she wanted pigtails. And she said, yes. And I asked my son because that's just where I am as a parent. And I'm sure people will have thoughts. And he said that to me. And I said to him, I never want you to accept somebody telling you, you can't do something because you're a boy, which in the United States is kind of funny. That's not usually the way it goes. It's usually the reverse, but to be able to say like, that's important to me that he knows how I feel about that and not some random, I mean, obviously peers and peer pressure and bullying, not bullying, but um, getting picked on and stuff. But I've been really intentional in thinking about that as I've developed as a human and gotten more confident in myself and through my own therapy and becoming a parent. Mm -hmm. And so I feel really confident in being able to say, so like if my great uncle Joe, which I don't have a great uncle Joe, by the way, I just want to be very clear, were to say something to my kid, I would feel really confident in the moment of being like, that's not accurate. That's not how we talk. And we're not putting up with that and then go from there. Then we have to have that meaningful conversation away from my four-year-old, obviously. But yeah, I, I, I feel like I said a whole bunch of things in that, but I, it's just, again, you have made that choice as a parent of what's important to you. And now not punching people in the face doesn't give you permission to hurt people, hurt people, hurt people, deal with their boundaries appropriately and, and set them confidently and then make sure that yeah. they maintain them for themselves and for their children. And I think something really important that like I learned in therapy over the years is that setting a boundary doesn't mean that you can change how the other person's going to behave. Setting a boundary is protecting you or your kids. Correct. Like you're not going Correct. to change. And that's something I had to work through a lot of like, you're not going to change that person's thoughts or behaviors or how they view the world. Like it's, and it's not Absolutely. worth maybe your energy to argue with them about it. But setting that boundary yeah. is saying, like, I'm not going to let that affect me and, and especially, like, my children of, like, you can you can say that, you can think that anywhere else, but, like, you can't say that to my kid, you know, kind of yeah. thing. I almost actually really encourage people to not try to argue with people and get in fights with their family. Like, like I'm just going to keep using Great Uncle Joe. Great Uncle Joe is not going to change his opinion on trans ch children in sports because of listening to you and it's very much up to you if you really feel like great uncle joe does listen to you and you might be able to have a leg to stand on and get some support and allyship from him then that is a very individual conversation but i all and i also say like really pick your battles on that like no you can't talk to my son like that and i'm not going to engage in this conversation with you and knowing feeling very confident in that i've walked away from family members i've been like you're, I've asked, I've asked you to stop having this conversation with me. We're not going to agree. I'd like to have a good memory of our time together. And finally been like, I'm standing up and I'm walking away because you're not respecting my boundary. I don't want to talk about this and I'm leaving the room. And it wasn't, it wasn't received well, but I, I have no notes for me. Like I was assertive. I left, I removed myself from a situation. The ball is back in your court and I'm not taking it back. Mm -hmm. you, you can keep it over there. You can sit and stew and whatever you need to do, but 
I, I'm not participating in that conversation anymore. I'm setting a boundary yeah. and that's for you and to I deal with. For, and maybe watch and I know for like us and stuff, like me and my husband, it was always like, you know, when we started setting boundaries, if people felt the need to cross them, then it's like, okay, well now you have a bigger boundary, you know, like now the boundary has gotten, has gotten more intensive. You have less, you know, interaction and influence and stuff. So kind of like right. taking, I don't know, I guess for us, that's been kind of that, like that, um, middle ground between like, we still want, even if we don't agree with everything you say, we still want to have a familial relationship. Like we Absolutely. still care about you as a person. We still want, you know, to be in your life, whatever like that. But especially like with having kids, it's like, it's that difference between like, oh, maybe I could take that and the fond response of like, oh, whatever, haha, laugh it off. But like, yeah. I can't take you saying that to my kid now kind of thing of like, now there's that yeah. boundary. And then if you cross it and you fight it, then, oh, look, the boundary got bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love you just sparked a thought in my brain of I really encourage everybody to operate in nuance. Very rarely, I, I need this tattooed across my forehead, and then like very rarely is any one thing all one thing. Very, very rarely. Very rarely is anything black and white, yes or no. If you can sit and listen to somebody and where they're where they're coming from and you have that space and you want to have a meaningful dialogue, great. Um, and then also too, like, I I can do this for me because I'm 38. So at the time of recording, who knows in the future how fabulous your podcast will be and everyone will be listening. But right now I'm 38, right? <laughs> so me as a 38 year old listening to Joe Schmo being insane about something that I really, really disrespect. And like, where do I, where do I interact in that? And where is my get up and leave quietly or whatever that looks like versus what am I willing to let somebody say to my five-year-old Well, he's four are two different things like, and they don't have to be the same thing. And again, believe me, I say this to all my clients. I'm like, if I could give you a checklist of things to do like between now and next week, and then we'll tweak them again and try again. And then like you're magically cured and fixed is the word people use in therapy a lot. I don't fix anything. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> um, but if I could, I would, but it's such an individual thing. It really is lands on us to be intentional about what do we think about things? What do we want in this relationship? Can I show up knowing that this person is never going to be a confidant? I don't trust them with my deepest and darkest tea, but I also want to be in the room. What does that look like? And I'm clearly biased as a therapist, but that's why I really encourage people to get into therapy. Being able to say some of these things out loud to somebody else, especially somebody who has zero stake in the issue. Like, I don't know your great uncle Joe in Wichita and I'm never going to meet him. So yeah, say it out loud to me. And then I'm just going to ask you more questions that are going to help you feel really solid in your choices or perhaps look at it in a different way and being able to kind of go off on that journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think it's so much easier oftentimes to hold boundaries and set boundaries with your own family. Yeah. Um, and sometimes not as easy with your partner's family. Hello. And so I know that our listeners are probably thinking the same thing. Yes. So what advice do you have or tips and tricks do you have for families, especially one, one getting, making sure that you and your partner are on the same yes. page yes. and then two setting and holding those boundaries with, <clears throat> you know, your chosen family. 
thank you so much for bringing this up because again, I'm sitting here picturing things that I've said to my biological and extended family who have at one point shared the same last name as me. And it's such a different contemplation when it's like your mother-in-law or mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> just hold all the space. Hello listeners. We are holding all of the space <laughs> for how like they're like, okay, Meg, get off your soapbox. Like what am I supposed to say to my sister-in-law? Right. Fair, fair, fair enough. It feels really tedious up top. I think we have this, I am I promise I'm going somewhere with this. I think we have this like really fairy tale picture of like, we're meant to be together in this relationship and therefore everything should come naturally and easily because we're in love and we're getting married or we are married or whatever. And I'm like, baby, it's work. It is all work. And that is not a bad thing. That is not indicative of how not meant for each other you are. It's just real. And I have client conversations, especially after they have children where they're like, we just kind of feel like roommates. And I'm like, yeah, well, first of all, everyone's exhausted. So like that sexy time that you were having and also your body is recouping and we could go on another full podcast on that. But to be able to say, like, it's okay to sit down and make a list. It's not sexy, but I tell you what it is sexy when you're not building resentment with each other so that you can actually be sexually attracted to each other in the future. Because people who have the most space for compassion and passion, I would even say, are the people who have the best boundaries. So if you and your partner can sit down and be like, okay, your great uncle Joe last year at Thanksgiving said X, Y, Z. Our son is now four. Again, Austin does not have a great uncle Joe. I just want to be very clear. <laughs> um, our son is now four and I have memories of being four and I really don't want him to remember any sort of energy like that. What are we going to do? And not to be like, and it's your great uncle Joe, so it's all on you, but making sure that you're on the same page. And I have to be honest, there's not always a right answer for this because something that's really important to you as parent one is not going to be as important to parent A. Like that's just... And it may not be. And, and so especially, then, especially if they grew up in that environment and they see it right. as normal, 100%. you know, like they see it as normal Hello. and then you're looking at it and like, wow, that is so screwed up. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. like it's hard sometimes to communicate, like, especially if your partner hasn't, hasn't gone through like a healing journey or hasn't gone to therapy Absolutely. or like, you know, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Be like, this is not yeah. okay for my child. It shouldn't yeah. be okay for your child either. Who is both yeah. <laughs> and I just I want to acknowledge like sometimes we come to a stalemate. Sometimes we don't have a resolution, and we kind of yeah. just go in and see how it goes. Sometimes you have to be if it is something that is really important to you and is very clearly not important to your partner. You may have to cross that family boundary, family line. Excuse me, not the boundary, uh, and be the one, even though you don't share biological genes with them, to still be the one to say you're not going to talk to my two-year-old like that. You're not going to talk to my 15-year-old about her body or whatever that is. Um, for example, just to be very, you know, gender binary, right? Like as a woman, like I, I know what it's like for somebody to talk to me about my body when I'm 15 years old. And I can appreciate that my partner who identifies as a cis man, I mean, people have certainly talked about his body too, but I can understand if he's like, oh, it's not that big a deal, like whatever, which that's not my real, my situation or my relationship, but I can appreciate that. Like, oh, it's no big deal. I'm like, no, you don't understand. And that's sort of thing too, that I had a lot of conversations with people the following week after the thing, the holiday was like, so-and-so said this thing. And we would talk like, do you think that they really meant it to be intentional or was it really just in passing? And so much of it was in passing. And I'm not sure. Have you ever watched Schitt's Creek? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so there's a scene where David is learning how to drive for those of you who haven't. And if you don't know, go watch it anyway. But there's a scene <laughs> where one of the characters is learning how to drive and his sister's in the car with him. And she says, no one thinks about you like you think about you. 
And so, and I literally used that expression in a, in a therapy session recently because she was saying like, they said this, da, da, da. And I asked, did you watch Shit's Creek? And I was like, and I do, I wonder, like they, it sounds like it was an offhanded comment. And here you are spending 15 minutes of your therapy session talking about it, which absolutely that's what we're here for. But being able to change that mindset a little bit and being like, is that in passing? Do I need to internalize it? Can I let it go? And also, how do I make sure like I'm not spending any more time on it now? And I'm also not putting it up with it up with it in the future. Like mm -hmm. both of those things can be true at once. We could be working on both of those things. Mm -hmm. And so coming back to like, if it's not as important to your spouse, understanding like, well, this is important to me. How do we have this conversation? I'm going to have this conversation, whether or not you're participating in it, but I'd need your support in it. And again, super, super yeah. easier said than done when you have conflicting thoughts on but a situation. But also like the last thing you want to do is when you're standing up for yourself, your partner not be in alignment with you in front of the family, like be arguing right. back yes. at right. you in front of the family. So like that communication yes. beforehand, even if you're not on the same, like you yes. don't have the same boundaries, them being respectful yes. of the boundaries that you have inside of that space is so important. Oh, yeah. Like if you're not going to stand up with me, I need to you know, not stand up against me. Uh -huh. You need to know that you will at least sit quietly or if somebody says something to be able to even say like, well, that's really important to Meg. Yeah. And if it's, you know, yeah. like, or whatever that looks like, but we've come to that agreement together where at least you're going to back me up to say that it's important to me. Again, there is no right answer for this. And I'm sure a number of therapists out there might have different ways of dealing with that, but it's not as easy as just saying, I'm going to put up a boundary or I'm not, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it's no, very, but I think it's so important. Difficult. Like, you quoted Schitt's Creek, I'll quote the Bible. We'll get both. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, and I think the Bible, whether you believe it or not, has so much like words of wisdom, you know, inside of it. But I think it's yeah, so important. Absolutely. Like, it's like, you know, in the Bible, they say, you know, you come away from your family and you and your spouse become their own family, your own family. Do you know sure. what I mean? Like to become one. And I think that that's a really right. important mindset in marriage and family yes. because separate, because separated, you know, with like you being, you know, cause there's like, there's the regulars, like the everyday saying of like blood is thicker than water. And I don't, I don't like that saying. Cause I do think that that's right. kind of like, that that's kind of like, if you choose to be together and especially if you choose to have kids together, it's very important that you guys are teammates together before you're teammates with your family. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's so great. My mom is going to be so happy for me to be referencing the Bible and therapy. No. <laughs> honestly, honestly, that's true. Like that. And I think there's plenty of wisdom and thought provoking opportunities in spiritual texts. Absolutely. And I agree with that. Like you go, if you go off and you make your own family and you do. And so not to say that your partner is always right and you have to bend yeah, to their will all the time. It needs to be that conversation that starts in the house. Like that's it. Communication, communication. And going back to like, it's not sexy to decide who's in charge of laundry and who's in charge of dishwasher and fair enough. But like, once we have that established, then there's no resentment because I know I'm in charge of the dishwasher and I know I'm going to do it. And if I'm not doing it and my partner wants to say something to me, I absolutely can be come defensive. We're as humans, very good at becoming defensive, but I know in my heart of hearts in the back of my mind, I've already agreed to be in charge of the dishwasher. And so I'm not, you know, like, so if, it's mm -hmm. all about that communication. It's all about setting expectations. I really encourage people to have open dialogue in their partnerships, in their relationships, because when you're 
playing, you know, mind reading and guessing. They're just leaves so much for interpretation. And like somebody made a face. I, I have a CBT book, uh, Mind Over Mood. It's a great workbook, by the way. It's, a, it's long, but encourage people to look at it. Um, and it talks about like, the example was um, somebody said something about a birthday and missing and somebody was made a face. And then this other person just went off spiraling of like, oh my gosh, they're mad at me. And I forgot da, 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 da. And it's like, oh no, I just forgot it was my sister's birthday on Saturday and you mentioned Saturday and, and it had nothing to do with you. But like, had you asked and be like, oh, you just made a face. Are we okay? Oh my gosh, yes. I forgot it's my sister's birthday on Saturday and I haven't sent her a card yet. And then we've moved on. Instead of me walking away like, they're mad at me. What happened? What's going on? What do we do? Just asking. And I like to encourage people to use the V word, vulnerable. I'd like to be vulnerable right now. Like as a doula, I immediately went to a different V word, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, 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 think I think I'm funny. I think, I, you know, someone has to think I'm funny. Okay. Uh, different, different V word, uh, but being vulnerable. And I'll, I'll even say that with my partner. I'm like, it helps people to feel less defensive when it's like this is going to be an uncomfortable conversation, but I want us to be able to be vulnerable together and feel supported and feeling like we can be open in our conversations. And so literally saying, I'd like to be really vulnerable right now and address something. It's just meaningful. And it's it's also helpful to the more that you utilize the space intentionally in a meaningful way. Like you're listening to this podcast because you want to help with your mental health and well-being journey. So you're already on track. You're already probably, if your partner's not participating in any of this, vulnerable, intentional, like these aren't words I think about. So if you start utilizing the space in your relationship in a vulnerable and intentional way, that then opens the door for them to be like, oh, hey, I remember when my partner was upset and came to me, I'm upset about something. Maybe I can come to them. Yeah. And it just starts the conversation like with connection immediately. Yes. Yeah. Versus like coming on the defense or yes. we need to talk like, you know, it's just not quite as abrupt. And it really just feels like you're starting it with connection, which is I don't know even, how like, it's better. even like good intentions, no, go because I just feel uh -huh. like so I'm like a more of a crass East Coaster. I grew up East Coast. My husband's from the Midwest. So like sometimes yes. I feel like I just like my family will just come at each other with statements and like we all have, but yeah. we know each other and each other's personality. So we don't take it with bad intentions. And yeah. so I had to kind of learn that in my relationship. If I can't just like come at my husband with something kind of just like word vomit yes. at him yes. because he takes it as like, I'm attacking him when I'm yes. just being mm -hmm. like, blah, like my East Coast yes. cross self. And so I yes. love that. I'm going to steal that of being like, hey, I'm going to be vulnerable yeah. with you right now. Like, I'm I, not you know, this is how I feel. But it starts with that good intention of like, I'm not coming at you to attack you. I'm coming because I'm feeling like yes. I'm feeling vulnerable and I want to have this conversation and open the floor about this with you. I love it. Yes. I, I I don't know where, thank you. I don't know where we got to I, social media. I have to blame from bringing it back to the beginning. I don't know what it is, but like we just have gotten to this space in the world where we like can't ever be wrong. And we, we defensive is just like the default for so many people and not even in professional, in friendship, in any relationship, like to be able to say you did this and I felt this way about it. And I'd love if we could do something different. Like let's be solution focused. That's another buzz phrase I love to use. And to be able to just say like my goal 
is for us to have a loving and open and supported relationship. And to that goal, to the end, I would like to be able to do this. I'd like to be able to say this. I'd like to be able to participate in this, whatever that looks like. The goal is a happy marriage. If you can, if you can always put something out there, and this sounds really therapisty speak and very tedious, and I, again, not sexy, but if you're always talking about like, if you are aware that I'm starting this conversation with a goal of us being closer at the end of it versus me pointing a finger at you, telling you to do something wrong, I need to feel on top of you. I feel like people are also competitive in relationships. I'm sure they have always been, um, but really a lot these days, like I'm right more than you are. I am doing more than you. Mm -hmm. I'm winning. And it's like, no, it doesn't, it just doesn't need to be that way. And if we can shift that mindset, my goal is for us to be in a beautiful symbiotic relationship where we both feel open and safe and comfortable to be vulnerable. I'd like to that end, I'd like to have this discussion. People often can kind of unclench a little bit and hopefully not participate in a defensive manner. But I, I wish we could get to a space where we were like, yeah, I was wrong. I'm wrong. And I'm sorry, baby. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, this is turned from um, holidays to marriage counseling, which I love. I know a lot of us, you know, who are parents need to hear. This oh my gosh. Stuff. It has. Um, and I now, think this is such a stressful time that, yeah. you know, this is helpful even during the holidays because it is such a stressful time, but it is, it really does build to, again, if you're, home base is strong and either on the same page or on the same page about not being on the same page, but on the same page about having each other's back and not being on the same page, <laughs> then you can go out into whatever your holiday world looks like more confident in what may or may not happen. We're not borrowing trouble. We're not participating in anticipatory anxiety of like what great uncle Joe is going to say. But if it does happen as it has in past, we know how we as the Duke family are going to handle it. Like as the Megan Austin Duke family, that's how we are going to handle it. So coming back to setting boundaries with family, it's really important to make sure that you budget on how much money you are going to spend on kids <laughs> and who you're buying for. And it's okay to have that conversation with people. I'm bringing it right back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to, I kind of want to shift gears, but I have to ask, cause I made this mistake before Ellie, do you have any kids with you right now? He's asleep. Oh my, I know you're yes. looking over and I'm like, I have dropped so many F-bombs. No, oh, it's, fine. it's fine. Okay. Is Ellie, it okay if we is, open up? Your child? He's four. <laughs> is it okay if we open up conversation about um, content warning, magical Christmas figures that are maybe, is that okay, Ellie? Yes, yes, yes. We'll talk, yeah. we'll talk obscurely. Okay. Hey. So in case, so what I do big... want, I want a big content warning. You know, if you have young kids with you right now, I would turn it off and listen to this later or pop it in your headphones. Um, um, yes. So, and, and we won't get deep into and it. And Ellie, literally but... stop us if he wakes up. We can, I will. Yes. We can pivot. Yeah. So how do we balance as parents? So I, so we personally don't do Santa, Elf on the Shelf, anything like that in our family. I know Ellie does. So we have that like differing, you know, differing kind of thing. How do, but I know that there's just so much stress. And even without us doing that, there's so much stress around, you know, we're like, 
okay, we went and we drove through Christmas lights. Now next weekend we need to go to Union Station. Then the next weekend we need to go through Christmas in the park. And then, oh, we didn't do, you know, we didn't get to decorate my parents' Christmas tree with them. And then yes. my daughter's like, oh my gosh, we decorated our Christmas tree, but we didn't get to put up your ornaments on your mom's Christmas tree, mom, you know? So like, but also I have two births in the next two weeks and I'm still working and, you know, the Christmas parties at school and like everything. So like, how do we balance all of these yes, or any, I don't know if we do balance it, but like, how do we balance all these expectations we have as parents and our kids have for us yeah. as like to be the creators of holiday magic yes. without burning ourselves out and just like hating the holidays? Yes. <laughs> I have, I have so many thoughts on all of this. Again, we come back to boundaries. Again, we come back to being intentional. Again, we come back to a budget. I was, I was really being serious when I was trying to make an abrupt non sequitur pivot because like, the, Oh no, totally. Cost, yeah. Budget piece of it. Really, it, even like Union Station, I don't know, I mean, I, we did the Lego Biblio land or whatever it was called, which was amazing, but it was like 18 bucks a person. So like, if you're going to do that, like what's mm -hmm. free? Can I drive through this for free? Fine. But it also then I have to order um, some sort of food to be able to eat in the car because it's during dinner time or whatever, because whatever, whatever, whatever. And so it's being really intentional about like, if you really need to write down a list of all of the things that want, like has to be done, would be nice, maybe next year, could be something, a way of writing things out. Like, okay, well, my, my oldest is four, so it's not really that big of a deal if we don't do X because they're not really gonna remember it and as much fun as it would be, we just don't have time or mm -hmm. I don't have the space for it. So maybe next year when he's five and she's three, we'll see how that goes. It has to be done, Christmas tree goes up. That's just for me. Like we have to put the Christmas tree up. Mm -hmm. Nothing is better than like, the glow of Christmas lights. I wish I could have them up all year round. There's something so like the energy is so good for me and soothing for my You're anxiety. You're on my team. We just talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we yeah. just put up our Christmas tree. I love and Ellie it. was like, I got to put it up right when the time changes so that I have the lights like glowing and stuff. <laughs> It's so dark. My children are like, it's supposed to be light out. And I'm like, you're preaching to the choir, boo. I know. Don't talk to me about like, we should just stay on daylight savings time. But, and that's the other thing too. I just want to take 20 seconds and tell everyone to hop off their huffy bikes about Thanksgiving. If y'all come up with some Thanksgiving bangers and Thanksgiving decorations and all of that, then that's cool. But if people want to listen and put their Christmas tree up on November 1st and whatever, let people live, let people live. I don't, it's not my thing. I don't listen to Christmas music all that much anyway, but like, it's not my thing, but let people do like, my friend posted something where it was like, you know, talk to a mom whose child is going away to college and, or all the different things. And like putting up your Christmas tree brings back those happy memories. Leave people alone, mind your business. If it's not for you, don't do it, leave people <laughs> alone. But so yeah, Christmas trees. So for us, like we were, we had a really intentional conversation. Like, what do we want to do? And like, for me, Santa growing up, like we didn't grow up with a ton of money, but like a lot of gifts were from Santa. And I was like, I'm very lucky and fortunate. Like my parents put me through college and Austin's parents same. And so we're in a good financial space where we're not throwing out a ton of money, but like our children have gifts, but like, I'm not giving some old white guy in a beard, the credit for everything, <laughs> break it into our house and give it like, no. I just, and not, not that the credit is the purpose of gift giving and I'm not, so Santa does stockings in our house. That's it. Whatever fits in their side. And like this year we all dressed up as Sonic the Hedgehog characters. And so everyone gets a little Sonic racer car of their character. That's it. Like, that's how I do it. That's what makes the most sense to me. That's what, that way, like if our kids are, you know, go to school and somebody didn't get anything from Santa or what, you know, like then yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, Santa yeah. does our stockings. That's, you know. 
And yes. I also got plenty of other activities and games and whatever I needed to do. I could spend an entire podcast talking about why I don't like Elf on the Shelf, but Ellie, I know you have one, so I'm not here to like bust you over the head about it. <laughs> do you, boo? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, we do the same thing with, with Santa. Like, he does not bring the big All the presents. Gifts, the yeah. Most exciting thing. He doesn't bring all the yeah. stuff. He brings, like, one small thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, stockings are my favorite, so, like, those are me. Love. Love. <laughs> um. And then the whole Elf on the Shelf, like, we were just gifted one. Um, mm -hmm. And so, I, yeah, we do it, but we don't make it too extravagant. Like, some nights yeah. it doesn't move. And we're yeah. just like, yeah. So you, <laughs> you have set the boundary with your children or the expectation that, like, oh, no, he didn't move. We're not getting pre Like, that is, to me, the problem with the Elf on the Shelf. One is the encouragement of like, okay, but just for these, you know, 43 days, you need to make sure that you're good because this guy's going to go tattle on you. I don't like the binary nature of the nice and naughty list. I mean, I could go, I literally have very strong thoughts about Christmas yeah, um, and, and gifting holidays. I don't like the binary nature of the naughty and nice list. I don't like the idea of this elf tattling. And what's more important for me, though, moms in the middle, hi, hi, is that who is doing all of this? Who is Mom. buying the Cheerios <laughs> and swinging them? And who's buying the scooter? And, and God bless Chola. Hi, I know you're listening. My girlfriend Chola just decided to do it this year. And I'm like, she's got a four and a one-year-old. I'm like, do you boo? Again, but, and she's like, got the little pizza outfit. And he's like a slice of heaven or what? I don't know or whatever. But she's also set those expectations where it's like, okay, but I'm I'm only doing it this. And he doesn't, he our, theirs doesn't report back to Santa but also, man, she is doing the most work, but that's good for her. That's where she is right now. That for me is like, take on the things that are important to you. If you grew up with an elf on the shelf and you thought it was the best thing ever, by all means, do it. And that's your has to be done list. But something has to come off that has to be done list to go on the would be nice list and maybe on the maybe next year list. That's it. You have yeah. so much candle to burn, battery charge to have. And there, you know, the biggest thing for me was like May the 4th this year. I was like, I need to make May the 4th be with you shorts. We're not even that into Star Wars, but I like have to do it every year for the children. But it's and I was the, like, I'm not doing the social the media pressure. It's the social Hi, media hello. pressure yeah. of like, yes. oh, we see everybody and doing I, this and it makes their children's life magical. Yes. And I spent the entire week, I think May the 4th was a Thursday this year. And I spent the entire week being like, you are so lazy. You're so lazy. Why don't you? It's not even that big of a deal. And I'm like, no, they don't need another T-shirt. They don't need the. If they're gonna wear it, the one like, it goes as a backup shirt in the car. They don't need it. They don't even know. Like they know who Baby Yoda is, which I know he's Grogu, but whatever. Like, they don't. They don't have enough concept to be able to understand that it's Grogu and not Baby Yoda. So, right. but this is. I'm telling you the story to be like, I'm a therapist, and I was still arguing with myself up to May the third at ten o'clock at night of like. <laughs> Okay, but I really could still run over to Target and get that black shirt and do it. No, we have this, where are the voices coming from? Is it an external expectation from Pinterest moms and God bless Pinterest gets a bad rap? Is it something that you really, really want to do? And where is that on the spectrum? Very rarely yeah, is it going to be hundred percent one or the other. That's where and Santa just, came in for us is my, yeah. my husband didn't do it for religious reasons. Like his, his parents grew up very, he grew up Southern Baptist. So they had very like religious, like we don't do Santa. Oh, sure. sure, sure. God, like kind of thing. Yeah. And, and my Birth family came, 
Yes, my family came from the, my mom was like, I just couldn't lie to you. And so she let us like learn about Santa. And then we were like, mom, did you know there's a person named Santa? And then she'd be like, oh, cool. And then like my sister, when she was like five was like, mom, is Santa, yo, real? And I was like, she was like, no. And then she was just like, okay. And like, we still got presents and like all the magical things still. And so that was like a big thing when we had kids of like, do we feel like we should do this? Because you see this huge expectation as like everybody now, like Santa and presents and the elf is like the big, I honestly feel like the elf has gotten bigger than Santa at this point. Jeez. And so anyways, like the, I yeah, like the pressure. I kind of agree with you. Yeah. And it's so every day anyway, of December. It's every yeah. day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so we kind of were like, is this an expectation we want to put on ourselves? And when we looked back at our childhood, we just felt like it didn't, we didn't miss out on any Christmas magic by like not believing that that man was real. Like we still, my family still, like we played along, like we watched some of the, like we watched the movies and we, you know, would leave cookies out, but we like knew my parents would eat them. Like, you know, like it was kind of like just like the fun of it. And so that's how we, that's so we decided really cute. We just, yeah, so we decided we were just gonna do that with our kids. And we say that it's like a pretend game that people like to play. And like, so yeah. that's what we do is it's like a game and that it's in the spirit of St. Nick who used to give toys to kids in need and things. And so now yeah. like, we just went through our toys and we gave some away and my daughter was like, oh, yeah. this is like Santa Claus on Christmas. Like, you know, giving toys to kids who, who didn't have them. And so we kind of have that like that thing, but we were just like, we just do not yeah. want the whole expectation of like the elf. I really don't like the naughty and nice list. I really don't like that. And I know a lot of people do Santa and don't do that. Like don't do that portion yeah. of it. I really don't like, like the like threatening of like, you're not going to get presents. It. Like, cause then you're taking away yeah. Christmas magic. Then, then that's like not having Christmas magic. That's like the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. This is a twofold thing, right? So one is the binary nature of the naughty and nice list and the people who are sending the elf back to Santa every day to report on them, I have always abhorred before having children. And on the other side where Ellie is doing it, but not doing that, who's doing the work? Yeah. And so, and that's the thing, I was having a conversation recently with somebody of like, coming back to the, I guess I apparently think I'm a couples therapist today. I'm absolutely not. But talking about like, having those conversations, like what's important to you and what's not important to you. And like, what is, and, and like the things that people recognize, like the, all the emotional intellectual labor that I'm doing, the tickering, uh, this needs, that needs that. Da, 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 da. And your partner who's like, well, that's not important to me. So don't do it. Or like, like Christmas cards. Like, is that important to you? Can you come to it and understand like, if you're not going to help me, then they're not going to get done, but they're on my must do list. So then, okay. But then can your partner do something else off of the must do list? Then if that's really not their thing or, you know, God bless. I'm looking at a photo from Christmas two years ago that my husband had to ask my, my girlfriend to help him with Shutterfly. Like I want to put these pictures together for Meg's desk. And, um, so I wouldn't probably want him to do the Christmas cards and that's fine. But also just being able to have that intentional conversation of like, uh, what does Christmas magic look like for us? We're not doing it because that's how we've always done it. We are, we've gone off what it was, the, what's the passage where two have become one and created a family into yes. their own. <laughs> right? like, but we're doing that in a very intentional way. We're not just repeating our parents' lives together. We're making a family of our own creation. And I feel like sometimes people need some sort of permission to do that. And, um, but yeah, Gosh, that my, I think is the big. My mom is 
the big thing. My mom's so wise. She told me, she told me when I first had kids, she was like, whatever you start doing when they're like three to four, when they start to have memories, you have to keep doing because like that is their like definition of Christmas and what happens on Christmas. Because she, they, when we were young, my dad made a lot more money than, then he started his own business and they made less money. Like we always were like, my mom stayed home with us. We always were comfortable. But like when we were younger, they did Christmas up really big because they had the money to. And then it kind of became as we got older, like, oh, this is really financially stressful for us to still do this. But this is our children's expectation of how we do Christmas. And so she was like, set these, set the expectations lower than maybe you want them to be because you're like, this is so much fun. It's our kids first Christmas that they're going to remember. And we're going to get them all the presents and everything like that. But you're like, you don't know what the future holds. You don't also want them to have these crazy high expectations that they can't replicate and everything like that. Like when they're older with their kids. And so keep it smaller and you can always make it bigger in the future. But it's like, you can't go back once your kids start remembering. And this is, oh my gosh, this is prevalent. And we did the stupid turkey trot 5K last year. And I, none of us then wanted to do it this year. Like for some reason, my dad was just like, I want to... Yeah, I, he was like, I want to run a 5K last year. And so, like, my husband did it with him and my brother. And, like, we all went or whatever. And my daughter ran the little tiny, like, mini turkey trot. And then that was, like, yeah. her core memory for Thanksgiving. Yes. Of, like, when we talked about yes. Thanksgiving, she's like, and I get to run the turkey trot. And then we're all, like, looking at each other. Like, we are not the 5K on Thanksgiving family. Like, that was just a one-off thing. And so we literally yeah, yeah, signed yeah. her up. And none of us did it. We all went out just to watch her run like a little like fourth of a mile turkey trot because she was so devastated. She was like, mommy, I've been practicing all year on the playground. I've been racing all the big kids so I could win. And then she got like a medal at the end. And she literally told everybody, I won the turkey trot. Uh No, but Heidi, that's so genius. I'm so, I haven't really even thought about that before. I love conceptualizing it in that way, right? And like, I hadn't, I've never thought about it that way. And once you yeah. do start, then but the expectation is you When you're thinking that. of budget and expectations, like, like what is that budget that we're comfortable with, like long term? Like when our kids are going to be yeah. going off to college and we're trying to save money for college and stuff, like what is that budget and that expectation that we kind of want to keep things reined? reigned in act. Um, I think yes. it's beneficial whether you have the money to do to do it or not. Like obviously it's not magical to go into debt to make holiday cheer. So that's like one that's one thing. And then not on the other hand, it's like the, you know, what expectations do we want them to set that they can carry into their adult life and like everything like that. Like if they don't make tons of money, will they feel like they're missing out on Christmas? Do you know what I mean? That we did all these things that were crazy expensive over the holidays and then now they can't replicate that for themselves. I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to think about. I honestly have never, I like that. Start small, build. If you have something extravagant one year, express like, and let the kids know like, oh, we're getting Mm -hmm. new bikes this year. That's yeah. a lot. It's not, that's not usually the, the thing, but this year we decided we really want to get into biking. And so that's our big, we're getting a big, big gift this year. But like, again, mm-hmm. we're all communicating. We're being intentional about what we're saying. We're setting expectations, even with our children so that they understand it, we're not getting big old bikes or whatever. I don't know. Bikes are just what came to my mind. I really, really love that. That's I think really it's important to, to be transparent with your yes. kids. Because I know that I feel like growing up, like it, there wasn't really transparency with, you know, like 
you know, we don't that have as much money this year, whatever. And I think yeah. those are conversations that are good, even for our young kids that maybe don't fully understand yeah. just here because it's the reality. It's the reality no, of it. life. And I think it, I think it's important. I, I do appreciate like not spoiling the magic, whether or not you tell them Santa yeah. is real. I do appreciate like, Hey, daddy got laid off this year in our 401k. <laughs> you know, like I appreciate not necessarily not that far in depth. Right. Like fair enough. A knock on wood. That is not our reality. Hallelujah. But I, but I think on some, yeah, I think to an age appropriate extent, being able to explain that. And you were going back to about not lying. I was listening to Dak Shepard. This was years ago. My son was a babe and he was talking about how he, on his armchair expert podcast, um, they were like, they felt really gross about lying to their kids. And I was mm -hmm. like, I hold space for like the nuance of the air quotes magic of it. And I think if you're looking at it in a black and white sense, it is a lie. You're lying that somebody has, has somebody come into our house and drop off this present? Yes or no? No, they have not. Yes, I am lying. I do hold some space for the nuance of the magic and the whatever. And that's a really intentional conversation. My husband and I had that conversation of like, do we lie to our children? And so, yeah, that's how we, the way that we made the most sense of it was five, 10, $20 gifts mm -hmm. in the stocking. They have the opportunity to sit with the magic and go from there. But I just want everyone to feel really, really motivated to be intentional about whatever is meaningful for you and not overstressing. Cause again, I go back to that must do list. Who is the one doing that? And it's often the default caregiver. And so how much, how, what are some fun things that you can do that don't cost a ton of money or don't require you to be up, you know, bedazzling something until three o'clock in the morning or whatever that looks like for you. So you can still have the fun and the memory and also not put in too much of the effort. Or not like, be exhausted at yeah. the end on Christmas morning. Yeah. And, like, I'm and I think that brings me to yeah. my, my, one of my questions. I know that we're getting short on time, but really because because it can be expensive, because it can be a stressful time. I think self-care yeah. is really important. Um, and a lot of times, unfortunately, self-care is looked at as like, oh, you need time to like go treat yourself, uh -huh. which isn't always the case. Well, um, or it's like, I'll watch the kids while you go grocery shopping. What a vacation yeah. for you. Like, hi team, that's not a thing. Like, yeah. yes, I do love that moment where I'm like, Whew, no one needs anything from me right now. But like, that's not the same thing as self-care. Self-care is like, getting a therapist and getting together with friends and doing those sort of things that are actually recharging your battery, not a pedicure. Yeah. Yeah. So like what specific during, if you think about like what you're talking with your clients about now during this super busy time, everyone's mm -hmm. going, 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 like what are some simple like strategies that people can in incorporate into their daily yes. life or whatever to, to kind of reset and give them that? Yes. I love this. Again, I come back to, I, I kind of conceptualized, and I'm not the only person who has conceptualized this, like it's not Meg Duke trademark, but I did a presentation for a major company down in Dallas last year about holiday stress and mental health and like how to deal with that. And again, that list of like, has to be done, would be nice, maybe next year, or depending on if it's not holiday related, like next month, next year, push up. And, um, and that right there is self-care. I think being able to write something out and visually seeing the things that you need to do, looking and seeing how much am I doing? 
How much do I need to keep doing? What if this can I maybe ask for some help, which I could do a whole podcast on why it's so hard for us as women who were born in like the 80s and 90s um, to ask for help because we were told we can do everything. We were told like the pendulum swung the other way, like get out of the kitchen, get a job, go to the moon and do it all by yourself and smile while you're doing it. Make sure you still look pretty, but you can also do it, but make sure you still look pretty. And, and so also still be in the kitchen, still be in the kitchen. But also Heidi. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. Because do everything you were doing before, but also go get a job. Yes. 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 And we can't, and I have so many clients who like, they struggle with asking for help and find the meaningful way. And like, no, I have to be able to do it myself. Or they have a partner who calls them superwoman. And so then that expectation is like, wow, you're amazing, honey. And it's like, well, thank you for the acknowledgement. And also, what are you going to do for me to not have to be so superwoman-y all the time? And I think we're really, the gap there is still really strong. And so yeah. giving yourself permission to ask for help, giving yourself permission to not do the very special cookies this year, or if you're going to do the special cookies, then we're not doing the May the 4th be with you short shirts or whatever it was that you were doing. Like, obviously that's in May, but Pull, like to pull those things out. That to me, I think is really the number one thing that people can do for themselves. Give yourself five, 10 minutes, go buy you a notebook or a whiteboard or make it pretty or type it out and, you know, print it out, make it pretty or whatever it is that makes you feel like, Oh, I picked these fonts and they make me smile. I don't know. <laughs> but really take that time for yourself and decide these are the things that are important for me. These are the things that need to be done. I can see them. I've been intentional about saying this stays on this list. This gets moved. I've delegated, I've asked, I've allowed myself to be in that space. That to me is like a great starting point because when it's nebulous like that, it can feel overwhelming and the cure for overwhelm is nothingness. And my girls do not have time for nothingness, especially in the holiday season, but really ever. So if you're overwhelmed, you, you can't fix that. So that would be the number one thing. Obviously I'm biased. I think it's you a therapist, even if it's through the holiday season, if it's through a specific thing, I have clients who I've seen, I had a client recently I saw for six weeks and she was like, I'm, obviously this is a backdoor brag and I'm acknowledging it, but she was like, you've really cleared the log jam in my brain and I like feel really good. And she of course was like, I'm going to reach out to you again in a couple months when the logs start jamming up again. So I've seen clients for six weeks. Again, that's kind of my coaching business as well as like very specific, very solution focused, get you a mental health coach, make sure that they know what they're talking about and didn't just watch a YouTube video. Um, but that as well, taking that time for yourself mindful meditation, guided meditation, right? Like I am, I am ADHD. You have listened to, if you're still listening to this podcast, I have been all over the place today. You see how my brain works, but like, I can't do it by myself. I can't just sit and stare at a wall or whatever it might be. I do guided relaxation, guided meditation, not relaxation, excuse me, guided meditation, three minutes, give yourself three minutes before you start your day. Make sure you're getting up and going pee in the middle of the day. Are you drinking enough water? Like get you a water tracking app. These are little things that you can be doing for yourself throughout the day to be more intentional that will help you to feel better. That is actual self-care. Getting in a routine of drinking water and being hydrated every day, that is self-care. Yeah, I get my nails done all the time. My kids wanted blue, my son wanted blue, and my daughter wanted purple. So that's what we have. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, and that's important to me. And that is, I don't really, it's not like relaxing or anything. They're just, I like, Mary's my lady and she's wonderful, but that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about like actually taking care of your mental state, knowing what it is you need to be doing, intentional about it. Meal planning is another thing. 
I do the meal plan, but you do the grocery order, but you do the pickup or you do the shot, whatever that might be. Like I do the grocery order. My husband, we've just kind of gotten this routine where he's the one who brings it in and puts it all away. Yeah. Like, but we know, and then I'm not stressed about what we're having for dinner that week because I've already ordered the pork chops for Thursday and the air fryer. I know where it is. And yeah, these are the yeah. things that when I, when you think about self-care, that's what I want you to start picturing, not a bubble bath, which a bubble bath can also be nice, but that's like, yeah, but I think, I think moms, yeah, I think as moms, especially if you're like newly postpartum, literally yeah. taking care of yourself and thinking of yourself as a person is so important mm -hmm. of eating, like being like, okay, eating. The, baby, the baby wants to nurse, but I haven't eaten in five hours. So I'm going to take yeah. a moment to make myself a peanut butter and jelly and they can be a little fussy for 10 minutes before I feed them for the eighth time today. Yeah. I, I really want, if, to, if people take nothing from this, I know we're an hour and something in, so hopefully you've made it this long through my rambling, but that cliche of you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help others. I, w I flew back recently. I did take some self-care. I went by myself and saw my high school best friend in Utah and had the most lovely time. It was amazing waking up. No one needed anything from me. <laughs> Spending time with another human who doesn't share my last name. Love you, Austin. But like sometimes you need that connection. And I was flying home and there were five children around me and five different times I heard the flight attendant say, you need to make sure that you put your oxygen mask on before you help them, right? Yes, you understand. I need you to verbally say, like, they were really intentional about it. And I was like, okay, I got it. I got it. I'm going to take care of myself more. I just went on a trip to Utah. I hear you, universe. I felt like not, they, they absolutely were not, these flight attendants could not have been more lovely. These children were wonderful. But it felt like the universe screaming at me like, okay, we've recharged in Utah. Do you hear us? <laughs> do this more often and like what a blessing and a privilege for me to be able to just go to Utah for three days and be able to afford a plane ticket and to take off you know I did see a couple clients while I was out there but those are the things you cannot breastfeed a baby if you have not fueled your body yeah there's no there is the trauma Olympics exist there are absolutely metaphorical medals for superwoman. You're doing it all and look and pretty while, while you're doing it. That does exist, but let's stop participating in that. We're not participating in the trauma Olympics. We're not talking about, oh, I'm so tired. I haven't slept. I haven't eaten. I haven't taken a shower. Like hand the baby off to somebody and go take a shower. And again, that is said as a person who had a partner, we have no family here in Kansas City though. So I acknowledge like when it's just the two of you and some of you are out there doing it all on your own. And I acknowledge that too, but like, do you have a bouncer that you can put the baby in? And yes, they might be crying for the five minutes that you're rinsing off, but you need to clean yourself. Like, I like what you said too. Sometimes it's okay if the baby fusses just a little bit, you're right there. You can keep talking to them, but I'm putting you down and I'm making myself a sandwich. Yeah. Let's stop participating in that culture of like, mm -hmm. I'm doing it all, all by myself and look at me and no, 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 no. Look at me taking care of myself and setting that example for my children so that when they become parents, if they choose to have children, they know that as well because you modeled that for them mm -hmm. taking care of yourself. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I think we've covered like so many good things in this episode. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear it because I think we've gone full spectrum. Yeah. And it's exactly, yeah. I think, what people need to hear during this time. So 
Well, I'm glad you think so. I have to say, I'm sitting here. I'm going to have like, um, oh my gosh, I can't even remember the word that I'm trying to, I'm going to have anxiety after this and being like, oh my gosh, Meg, you talked too much. You said too much. You were all over the place. Da, da, da. No, but this is perfect. I, I do really feel confident in these things that people, that I hope people take them to heart and really acknowledge the ways that you can take care of yourself. And that, yes, of course, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but we can be intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. about what we want from our time with other people and with more importantly with our family. And yes, I think you've shared yes. some valuable action, like action items that everyone can take and use during this season and beyond mm-hmm. that will be super helpful. So yeah. Yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, totally. We really appreciate you coming on Mike. Yeah. Well, we will see you guys all next week. Well, we won't yeah. see Mag, but we'll see, see everybody else. I'll be listening. I'll be listening. Okay, awesome. Well, okay, bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Moms in the Middle. If you like this episode, make sure to leave us a review and hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts in order to receive notifications on new episodes. If you want to follow us on social media, check out our show notes for links to our profiles. Have a great week and we'll catch you in the middle next time.